0: Sisters we are continuing in our series on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ this will be our 54th lesson in the series our text is found in the book of Colossians chapter 2 verses 3 Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge now most people in this world know that wisdom is a good thing it's a preferred thing actually no one wants to be known as a fool or called a fool. There's actually, there's shame in foolishness. There is shame in ignorance, but there, but there is honor and praise and wisdom. No, see, no one is highly esteemed by others for being a fool, for manifesting. I'm talking about when, when, when pure, raw foolishness is seen, it's never really commended. God made us this way for a reason. See, this is, this is imprinted in the nature of man. That foolishness is a disadvantage and wisdom is gain. See, it's imprinted. In this world, a lack of wisdom and knowledge can actually put you at a major disadvantage in the body. For instance, if you don't know how to drive a car, you won't get far until you or somebody else does. Practically everything essential to life and the body requires somebody knowing how to perform it. Somebody has to know how to get the food, how to get the water, how to build the fire. There's work that needs to be done. There's problems that need to be solved. And those things require knowledge. That is, knowing about what you're doing. It also requires wisdom, knowing how to apply that knowledge. In the civilized world, there are requirements of schooling before companies will even hire you. Before they'll even look at your, look at you, they'll look at your resume to see what you know. They'll test you. People with a minimal education and poor academic skills generally do not receive the best-paying jobs. And now the point of this text is not about earthly wisdom and knowledge, And life in this world only. But I say these things because all of these things are pointing to a higher reality. To a more profound reality. If knowledge and wisdom are essential for life in the body, how much more are they essential for your spiritual life in Christ? Well, I will tell you it's more essential... This wisdom and knowledge is not earthly, sensual, according to the wisdom of men. It's spiritual knowledge. It's essential knowledge. It's an essential wisdom to get you from here to there. No one will get to heaven like without this knowledge. Jesus said, nobody knows the Father except for him and who he will reveal him to. And if you don't, and if, and, and, and if you don't know the father, this is what it says that he's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who don't know God and don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if knowing God is eternal life, then to not know is like the opposite of, it's the opposite of eternal life is to not know God. Today we will explore this facet of the Lord Jesus Christ that He has hidden wisdom and knowledge in Himself. And He has all the treasures hidden in Himself. Today you see these hidden riches are a truth sorely that sorely need to be proclaimed, especially in a time where many wear the name of Christ but are not living wisely before God and not living according to the knowledge of God. And Paul would say... He would say, some of you have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Foolishness in the kingdom is shameful. But see, there is no excuse for this neglect. Because God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Paul is proclaiming that this pertinent substance is found inside of the person of Jesus Christ in whom are hid all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hid all of the treasures. In whom, not in a program, not in a book, not in a philosophy, not in a method or a routine or a regimen or under the teaching of any other man, no matter how prestigious it might appear to be, no matter how herald they are by the world, you know, beware of things that promise you wisdom and knowledge, yet don't mention Jesus at all. Beware of that. Wisdom and knowledge is not found anywhere in this world because it is not of this world. Even as Jesus said, I am not of this world. God's told us ahead of time where these treasures are found. In his son. It's where they are. Woe to the person who holds out anything else as a source of godly wisdom and knowledge, God forbid. They are hid in him. Those who are in him are able to require it, acquire it and, and they're able to share. You're able to share what you've learned with others who are in him as well. Yeah. So if you're in Christ, I can share the, some of the treasure that I've dug up with you because you're in him too. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Yeah. I want to emphasize this that everything that has to do with your salvation, Jesus is necessarily at the core of it. He is ultimately the one in whom God has chosen to reveal himself. What is wisdom? What is knowledge? What what is wisdom and knowledge if it's not God Himself? He's the one that's chosen, that God has chosen to reveal Himself through. Too much of has been said about this for anyone to be ignorant about it in him was life, and the life was the light of men that's where life what life is in him. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life for as the father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the son to have life in himself It's found in him. whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life see that that's a your life is is Your life is as you abide in him. He said, abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. See, it's in him is the point. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. See, this is Christianity as an in him experience. If you please, we are made the righteousness of God in Him, not apart from Him. Whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sins. If you're outside of Christ, you're a sinner, you'll always be a sinner. You'll always be unacceptable to God if you're outside of Christ. It's in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him ye are complete. For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen. But to to, to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him... And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. No man comes to the Father but by Him. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Do you see the centrality for, of Christ in everything that we believe? Christ is at the center of it, and we're in Him. Amen. It's no wonder that God thundered from the cloud. This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased, hear ye Him. In him are hidden. They're hidden. These things are hidden. They're not just for anybody. God hides things that are precious, especially from men who are wise in their own conceits. They're wise in their own eyes and they see no use for his son. Jesus thanked God for doing this. He said, said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things. From the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. These things, they can't be discovered by the proud hearted. They can't be obtained by the half hearted. You must abide in him. And to the degree people are ignorant about Jesus, they are also ignorant of what is contained in him. Mm -hmm. Even things detrimental. These are things that are detrimental to the salvation of mankind. Jesus will not teach people who have not humbled themselves under his hand. Jesus will not teach people who come to him only to satisfy their own lust or their own curiosity. In the scriptures, certain groups of people got a farming lesson. And only those who wanted to know the meaning of it pressed in to get it. And Jesus opened that up to them, to the ones that pressed in and said, what did you mean by that? That's the ones that he revealed it to. The rest, what he said, was absolutely hidden from them. If you remember, the tabernacle was, it was a beautiful, the inside of the tabernacle was like a, it it was like a marvel, okay? It was overlaid with gold. The, the craftsmanship in it. The very intricate detail that was found in it. Even the beams that held the structure up were overlaid in gold. It's like everywhere you looked inside the tabernacle was gold. But it was covered in four layers. It was covered in linen. It was covered in dyed animal skins. And the outside was a badger skin. It was dull. It was unattractive to look at. And looking at it from the outside, you would never suspect that the inside was full of gold. I mean, this isn't the manner of the world to take something precious and dress it up drabby. But the kingdom of God is this way. If you try and know Jesus at a distance, if you look at Jesus from a distance, all you'll see are badger skins. If you look at Jesus half-heartedly, all you'll see are badger skins. The treasure is a hidden treasure. It's on the inside. You've got to get on the inside if you want to get this. You've got to be in Christ. God's got to put you in Christ if you want this treasure. At a distance from God, a person hears from God. At a person who's half-hearted, they hear from God and they conclude foolishness. When in fact, the wisdom of the world is really the foolish thing. Anyone who hears the word of God and concludes foolishness is perishing. That, that's why the wisdom of the world is foolishness, because those are people are perishing. How could it possibly be wise? These things are hidden. They're not apparent on the surface. Even to those who are born again, these resources are not like always obviously there. It involves a pressing in. The disciples had, they were, they were following Christ, but they had to press in to know, to know what he said. You've got to do some digging. You've got to do some asking. You have to do some seeking. You have to do some knocking. You have to do some meditating. You know, when the Buddhist meditates, he empties his mind. But when, the Christ, when we meditate, we fill it. You fill it. You've you you got to fill up with the things of God. In, in whom are hidden all of. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of. It's a word that describes not only plentitude of the provision, but that there's nothing lacking here. There is nothing that you need for life and godliness that like, you have to go to any other source to find. Any treasure of God that can possibly exist is in here. It's all in him and only in him, which means that without Jesus, all mankind is confined to spiritual stupidity. Just look at the world right now and see what people have done and are doing that are following something other than Jesus Christ our Lord. Just look at it. It's plain. It's obvious. And then consider those of you who, know, who you know who are known for their godly wisdom and understanding and note their association with Christ. You know, Peter and John spoke and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, that's according to the wisdom of the world, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They they, they didn't have a proper education as the world would say. They were fishermen, not Pharisees. Today we would say they didn't have a degree in seminary, but we know that they'd been with Jesus. You can tell the difference between a person that was raised in an institution and a person who was raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See? It's because all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in him. In him are hidden all of the, the treasures. A treasure is something that's worth is highly esteemed, it's something treasured, held close, sought after, desired to be had because of its rarity or worth, it's valuable. There's a utility to it. On earth, this is not only due to its utility and its beauty, but also to the scarcity of the treasure being found in a limited quantity. However, in Christ, there is no limited quantity, but there's an abundance. In fact, Noah, Noah Webster, he mentioned this verse in his 1828 dictionary and defined treasures as abundance. And if you really think about the manner of God, there's an abundant manner of God. God is a God of abundance. When he created the world, he multiplied animals abundantly. When the people of God increase, they increase abundantly. The Lord is abundant in goodness and truth. When Moses smote the rock in the wilderness, water came out abundantly. Job said of him, he giveth meat in abundance. The sweet psalmist of Israel wrote, they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them to drink of the river of thy pleasures. There's an abundance. Again, he writes, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. Goodness. God said, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Even the prophets testified of it. Isaiah said, of those who forsake their way and return to the Lord, that the Lord will abundantly pardon. Jesus said, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. He said, I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Our life is a more abundant life. Paul spoke of the abundance of grace we have received. There is an abundance of joy in Christ. God's affection is abundant towards us in Christ. We're talking now about the one whom we have to do an abundant Lord in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And the exposition of the gospel is like an exposition of the treasure. It's like like a treasure map. He's an abundant Christ, yet there does remain a scarcity in the world. In the sense that this abundance cannot be found anywhere but in him. See, this abundance is hidden in Christ. We live in a day now where this Jesus Christ is rarely preached as he is presented in the scripture. And so these treasures are not known as they should be known. And they remain hidden as it were from the people at large. You know, during the time of Joseph, where Egypt had a famine, there wasn't any food in the entire world. There was was no place that anybody could go in the whole world to get food. But there wasn't any lack of food in Egypt. They didn't have have that problem in Egypt. Actually, they had more than enough to go around in Egypt. They they weren't going to run out. They weren't going to run out in Egypt. Today there is a spiritual famine in the world, but yet there is no lack of provision in Christ. Right. And occasionally you'll cross paths with someone who says something about the Lord and you'll perk up. What is that? It's, a, it's a, what they said is a treasure to your heart. It's a treasure. It, this is because everyone is really seeking treasure from something or someone. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if your heart isn't with Christ, well, then your treasure is not there either. However, these treasures are not carnal treasures. They are not wisdom simply according to human logic and, and knowledge confined to the earth. It's wisdom and knowledge pertaining to life and godliness And so as a result, there's absolutely nothing about the knowledge of God that puts you at a disadvantage once it's known. It's excellent knowledge in every sense of the word. And so it's also a treasure in every sense of the word too. You know, understanding God and knowing the truth will protect you from beguiling men who use persuasive words to lead you astray. That's what it says here. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Trust me, brethren, no one can fool Christ. Remember when he was on the earth, men tried. But after they asked him a question and he answered that, no man dared, dared bring up another question again after that. If he's in you, he will teach you not to be constantly perplexed. Although we are for a season sometimes perplexed. This allows you to properly discern earthly wisdom from heavenly wisdom, to properly divide the word of God. It militates against ignorance. It militates against falsehood. And like, how can you put a price tag on that? It's treasure. It's priceless. The truth makes you free. You will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. it's is a liberating knowledge. It's a treasure. How can you put a price on liberating knowledge? Understanding God will allow you to navigate successfully through this temporal realm and allows you to properly discern the best course of action even when the situation demands your immediate attention. And trust me, brethren, there's going to be situations in your life where you have to make an immediate decision. You don't have time to think about it. You've got to be able to react by what you know. Mm -hmm. And and in that situation, you are expected to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that's not the time. That time is not the time to find wisdom and knowledge. That's the time to use it. You see, we're... We're growing in wisdom and knowledge. As as we walk with Christ, we're growing up into him in all things. We're advancing, we're growing in wisdom and knowledge. This wisdom and knowledge is a transformative wisdom and knowledge. It brings us into a close understanding of God himself. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The knowledge is insight into the very person of God himself. We perceive his purpose, his character, his will. And by this knowledge, we come into a conformity with it and a union with a holy and a righteous God. We know his righteousness, his love, his faithfulness, his kindness, his promises. And such a knowledge kindles our affection. And we become captivated by him. It's treasure. It's, they're treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's heart knowledge. It's not head knowledge. It, 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 it allows us to effectively fight. A good fight of faith. And to lay hold on eternal life. It's divine wisdom. That allows you to dismantle error. And cast down imaginations in others. And convince the gainsayers. And convert sinners from their error. And to cover a multitude of sins. How much is that worth to you? It's treasure, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Well, do you know that, beloved? Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. See, there's a there's a conformity to what God's doing. We're this is an intuitive not an intuitive knowledge that we're born into and as we grow with Christ we advance into this assurance of what he's doing he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him and hereby we know knowledge from being in him we know that he abideth in us by the spirit he hath given to us it's a personal knowledge about God and it's obtained in him We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. See, it's a heart knowledge. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. See, God, God declared this truth. Jesus declared this truth. These are truths that you, like, wouldn't know just... Just instinctively, they, were, they had to be declared. There are things written in the scripture that you can know academically. You can memorize them. You can study them. You can get out the lexicons. You can study hermeneutics, which is the, the principles of biblical interpretation, mostly according to the wisdom of the world. You can do all that and know what the text says. But until you get in Christ, you'll never know what it means. In him are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When you're brought into a realization of what is written, and when it begins to dawn upon your soul, and you begin to understand why it was written, the purpose behind it, and have personally come into a fellowship with it, you're changed from glory to glory. These things are available to you, brethren. These are the kinds of things that you can have. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or 100 years old. The only thing that can prevent you from obtaining this is not only not knowing that you can obtain these things, but do you believe? Do you believe that you can obtain it? Proclaim! It's got to be proclaimed. We have to tell people this. We have to preach liberty to the people. You can obtain these things. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. If you go to God and ask Him for... If you don't understand something and you go to God and ask Him for wisdom, you want to know. He won't rebuke you for doing that. He upbraideth not and it shall be given to Him. It's a word of certainty. God wants you to to be assured that when you go to Him for wisdom and knowledge, He'll give it to you. For He... But, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Yeah. See, this, got to, this is appropriated by faith. Not just by asking, but asking by faith. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That's not doubting. There's no doubt that, this is, that he's going to give you what you ask. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you doubt the Lord even for a second, it doesn't matter what you ask him. He's not going to give you anything. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. We can ask him, I believe, help my unbelief. Yes. Help my unbelief. They are treasures hidden from those who refuse to press in and obtain them by faith. Glorious treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I like how it says it in that order. All of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And it says it in that order. The knowledge is essential to life in Christ, but utilizing that knowledge is the reason why it's given. You see, in the world of academia, you will learn things that you may never again use in your entire life, but that's not how the knowledge of God is. God doesn't give anything for it not to be used. There is not inconsequential knowledge in Christ. Wisdom is mentioned first because it involves the proper employment of divine knowledge. You could know a lot of things, but if you don't know how to apply that, like what difference does it make? Wisdom is the ability to employ the knowledge that you're given. Now, in terms of when you get it, technically, knowledge comes first and then proceeds forth from the divine enlightenment. The day star rises in your hearts. So first you know, and then that knowledge is applied. The wisdom and knowledge concern things that pertain to life and godliness, not like secrets to make your life more successful on the earth only. This is a slant that that is put on this text today, that Jesus has the key to a perfect a perfect and long temporal life when in fact, some men who have trafficked in this divine treasury, there were men in the, in the Bible who trafficked in this divine treasure house like Stephen. They were unable to resist the words that Stephen spoke. He spoke in the wisdom of God, but because he spoke in this wisdom, they stoned him to death. Now, From a worldly standpoint, some may even have looked on at a distance and concluded, well, he shouldn't have said that. Look, he got himself stoned. This is not wisdom and knowledge to avoid persecution. This is wisdom and knowledge to endure it. It involves power to take up your stewardship. It's your stewardship. God's God's not going to crucify your flesh for you. God's not going to deny ungodliness for you. God's not going to resist the devil for you. You're the one that's going to have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, are you going to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with your own wisdom and your own understanding? Lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. If God did everything for you, you wouldn't even need wisdom and knowledge. If you didn't have to reason anything out, what would be the point? See, the fact that he's given us access to wisdom and knowledge testifies that we're participants in this salvation. It testifies to that. If God was doing absolutely everything for us apart from our involvement, why would we need to know and why would we need to be wise? I dedicate that to all the once saved, always saved out there. We're participants. We didn't earn our own salvation, but we've got to take a hold of it. We've got to participate in it. It's imperative that you have a mature understanding of God. It's a life or death matter. Your eternal soul is at stake. Mm -hmm. Understanding is one of the hallmarks of the new covenant. Mm -hmm. The heart also of the wrath shall understand knowledge and the tongue of the stammerers shall be ready to speak plainly. If you're being saved by God, that, that should describe you by the end of your life. The wisdom and knowledge is so that we might not just know about God, but understand him. Salvation is a fellowship with God. I'm going to affirm that any church that says it's a new covenant church that doesn't understand God is a contradiction with what God said he would do under the new covenant. Where this exists, somewhere down the line, the attention was focused off of Christ. This is not to say that it was, on, it was, in, it was in, on obvious and base things, but on a powerless religion. Today there's a powerless religion. Didn't Paul say to the Galatians, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, foolish. Let that not be said of us. I thank God that he's given us in this day, he's given us access to the storehouse. He's given us access to all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. At the end of your life, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be well acquainted with God and what he's doing. We, have, we live in a day of access. Today is the day of salvation. The only reason why a person would stand before God on the day of judgment and not know what he's doing and not be acquainted with him is because they didn't want to be. They said, we will not have this man to rule over us. I want to live my own life the way I want to live it. See, that's pride. We've been afforded this. And we we did nothing to deserve it. We did nothing to to merit it ourselves. But he's provided it. And it cost him the precious blood of his son. And I'm thankful for it. God's own revelation through all else forbidden. Tis shown in His Son, inside whom are hidden all the high treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These measures are in Him, and not in a college, not in, inst- in institutions, in programs or routines, and not in worldly organized yet diabolical schemes. Oh, they look upon the surface to be all quite enchanting. But they have never led anyone to a godly understanding. The darkness will flee as you dig deeper in. The treasures you see, and they're real, not pretend, they'll enlighten your eyes and sweeten the way. They'll heighten your path and hasten your day. They'll bind your heart firmly to Christ in his fold, and you'll choose to serve God and won't have to be told. This treasure, more perfect than silver or gold. You'll stand fast in trial and you'll go the right way. You won't be beguiled or tossed far away. You'll know what to do and you'll know what to say. You'll cast down the strongholds and reason and persuade. Speak up and be bold with your speech seasoned with grace. All this is yours, all you need now to succeed. All access is afforded to Everyone now who believes everything in Christ to know and to be wise to those who look to him with a gaze into the skies. Will you dig with me today and find a lasting gem? Will you look to see what treasures are hiding inside of him? Thank God we don't have to make it on our fleshly intuition. No one here must remain in a foolish and vain condition. He'll give to anyone who asks this divine essential wisdom. Now go before the throne and take it, and that's your admonition. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Thank you, brethren. I exhort you to look to the one in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Are there any comments?
1: Amen. They are treasures and they inaccessible mm-hmm. to those who are against us. Mm.
2: Amen.
3: Amen. Brother Robert.
2: Yeah, I, I like this thought that everything that God has for man is found in the person of Christ. Yeah. Everything see, that pertains to life and godliness is in him. In whom, see, we, we, we've been put into him, where all the treasures are. And see, now, you know, we're laying up treasures in heaven. But see, these kind of treasures that Christ provides, only he could purchase. Salvation is, is the treasure that, that uh, Christ, he, he willingly gives it. He purchased it for everyone. But see, that in him, if you can see, the treasure that's in Christ, you'll be able to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. If you can make that connection, that it's it, the treasure, it's yours <clears throat> as you abandon everything else. You mentioned just the participation. We have, we are participants in salvation. Now we didn't purchase it; He did, but we see we're we're laying hold on eternal life. I, I, I appreciated that
3: message. Amen. Yes, sister. There's a false teaching out there that uh, speaks of salvation um, through God without Christ that that speaks of winning Christ as an option and our inheritance being um, in Christ, but outside of him, there's still being a salvation. And it, it's awesome that your sermon just was an entire rebuke of that false teaching and i really appreciate you mentioning the once saved always saved lie and and just affirming that christ is you know everything amen Amen. all in all all in all amen amen Yes, Brother
4: here in this world uh treasure is focusing on Things, uh, material things of this world that are going to pass away like gold and silver and lands and artwork and jewels. And uh, there was a man who came to Jesus who was a very rich young man and uh, he wanted to know how to have eternal life. And Jesus said, uh, if thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Mm -hmm. But he went away sorrowful because he valued the things of this world Mm -hmm. more than the treasures of heaven. That's right. And so that's the last we hear about him and Mm -hmm. all indications are that he Mm -hmm. valued material treasure Mm -hmm. over eternal treasure. That's right. I like what you said about the uh, tabernacle that covering of the tabernacle that from the outside you couldn't see that it was yeah. anything mm-hmm. special it just looked like mm-hmm. a badger skin like a hair a like a it was covered and you couldn't see it but uh, so if your perspective is I want to get everything I can in this life you're not going to see the value, the the treasure, the wisdom of Christ Mm -hmm. because you're valuing things of this world. Mm -hmm. Because you can see those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, to see the treasure of this world, just use your eyes and your flesh lusts after it. Mm -hmm. But it's an entirely different type of treasure. You use spiritual eyes. It's not appealing to the flesh. So that's why you deny ungodliness because the, the, your flesh just wants things that are temporary. It's the the new man that mm-hmm. wants the treasures that are hidden in Christ, the wisdom and knowledge of Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Run, run, run.
2: Now one of the comments online asked, can you expand more on what you think of once same knowledge <clears throat>
0: Well, there's a sense in which we are being saved. Jesus says, he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. So see, salvation isn't like a, something that you hold in your hand or put in your pocket. People say, can I lose my salvation? See, they're really, they're off on the wrong foot. Salvation is a process that actually transforms us. We are transformed into into the same image from glory to glory. We live in a world where there's opposition. We have an enemy to contend with. We have the devil to contend with. We've got our flesh to contend with. There's actually an enemy living with us in this body. And the flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh, and you see you can't do the things that you want to do. So there's, there's opposition. For this reason, there's a liability that's present. And anyone that's going to be saved is only going to be saved by faith. Mm-hmm. And nobody, anybody that creates a doctrine that lets people feel safe, that don't have faith, that's a doctrine fit for the garbage can. Because salvation is by grace through faith. See, it's, it's always through faith. We have to keep the faith. Hold fast your profession of faith without wavering. See, it's, it's got to be a without wavering thing. We're, we have to cling to the Lord with purpose of heart. But then when we get, when we, see, when we get to heaven, it says we shall go out no more. We're going to beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. We're going to lay our armor down. So I'd like to change that. Instead of once saved, always saved, we'll say once we're in heaven, we'll always be in heaven. Once we're there, we'll always be there. That's, that's the th- theology that I prefer. Yes, Brother Given. For
1: the security of- Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. He says nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. That's that's it's in in Christ. He said, "Keep yourselves in the love of God." That's what Jude. That's what Jude said. He said, "Keep yourselves." And the love of God, you have to maintain your faith in Christ.
1: That's the grand secret. Amen. Is it abiding in Christ and knowing you're in Christ? And if Christ, if you get to a situation where you don't see any really value in Christ Himself, you're on the edge of disaster. Amen. Judas yeah. really was an apostle. Amen. He really
0: wasn't apostle. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, now, he's going to be now, see, on the other token, we need to have assurance yeah. that we belong to God. Because I'll tell you what, when you're on your deathbed, you, that's not the time when you want to be guessing whether you're saved or not. Yeah, right. But see, this, insu- this assurance only comes as we abide in Christ and know that we are in him.
1: Yeah. Is a substitute
3: for his gift? Amen. 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 Yes, brother. It's always an, an irony to me
5: that you know we're to uh, store up our treasures in heaven, um, yet we're given treasures to for our life here, for our godly life whilst we're on the earth. But it occurred to me those treasures in heaven are way more important. That treasure is our ability to glorify the Lord. That's the treasure we're talking about here. And when we see things in terms of what we can bring to God and and glorify Him, it completely changes the way we see what God has given us whilst we're here in the earth. Amen. Amen. And the other thing I wanted to say was in this in, in this morning's programme. There's a couple of verses that talk about falling away. Mm-hmm. And I wanted Amen. to read the first one here. Uh-huh. This is from 2 Peter chapter 2. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world uh-huh. through yeah. the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein uh-huh. and overcome, the latter end is worse with them, than the beginning. Amen. Amen. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from the holy That's commandment right. delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. How, how much clearer can you get than that? Yeah. Amen. Amen.
1: some will believe for a while. That's right. But in time, and time of temptation, fall away. Now, so if someone accepts this teaching, <clears throat> you need to provide a good explanation for what advantage that doctor gives you. Amen. What kind of power does that give you? Amen. What kind of resistance does that give you? Amen. If you know Christ, <clears throat> why would you cling to a slogan? That's Amen. Because that's what it is it's a slogan. Amen. That is not a song,
3: Amen.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the scripture exhorts us to do a lot of things. So, anybody that holds to that kind of a slogan, I have a few questions to propose to them. Why do we need to put armor on? Why do we need to put off the old man? Why do we need to fight the good fight of faith? Why do we need to lay hold on eternal life? Why do we need to run with endurance the race that's set before us? Why do we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling? Why do we need to set our affection on things above? Why do we need to resist the devil? Why do we need to contend for the faith? Why do we need to keep ourselves in the love of God? Why do we need to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering? Why do we need to give diligence to make our calling and election sure? Yeah. That's how it's made sure by diligence. Yeah. It's, Jude said this. He said, I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though ye once knew this, how the Lord, having saved the people, out of the land of egypt afterward destroyed them that believed not uh-huh. and the angels which kept not their first estate they were with god were they not yeah. but left their own habitation he hath reserved into everlasting chains under the darkness under the judgment of the great day mm-hmm. so so you see this is it's by grace through faith Amen. in Christ. Amen. Yes, brother.
1: Yes, uh, we old people like that an in inspiration, I suppose. Because we reject that doctrine doesn't mean we're unsure.
0: That's right. Amen.
1: It doesn't mean we're living in doubt. Right.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. And if, uh, if you know that uh-huh. that's that's how you should state that's how you should state what people try and Stated this doctrine: Once saved, always saved. Uh-huh. State it the way he that believes That's right. will never
0: perish. Amen. That's State, right. Say it the way God said. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. There is no, therefore, now no condemnation huh? to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, right. but after the Spirit. See, yeah. there's our assurance. For if you live after the, the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. That's 100% true. Satan was once in heaven. Amen. Yes. Right.
1: Satan was in heaven. Amen. That's, you can't get any closer than
3: that. Amen. Yes, Brother David.
1: Yeah. For... Throughout
4: the Scripture, from the beginning to the end, are written for our example in our admonition yeah. and we have the example of people a large number of people who escaped the bondage of Egypt mm-hmm. yeah. they saw all these miracles that God did they yeah. walked on dry land through the sea mm-hmm. Amen. and yet because of unbelief they perished mm-hmm. Amen. and that whole generation that didn't believe perished That's an example to us and the scripture First uh, Corinthians ten talks about this. It says verse twelve: Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest yeah. he fall. Yeah. The scripture talks about people who shipwrecked their faith. Yeah. People. Uh, Paul says he preached. Of, he was concerned lest he would be a, himself be a castaway, even though he preached and other people were saved. Mm-hmm. If why would he? Why would Paul have to worry about that? Why would Paul have to continue to run the race? I mean, surely he would be example to us. He would say, "Well, I got it in the bag. It's all, it's all good." I'm just, uh, no, it, it's uh, we take the warning that was throughout the Scripture: through unbelief, yeah. you can be lost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Paul wrote this to
4: brethren,
2: yes, people that are already
0: in. He said, "Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant." how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that, that followed them and that rock was Christ. Yes. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the, the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition, unto whom the ends of the wor- world are come uh-huh. for this reason. Wherefore? For this reason. Uh-huh. What we just said. Yeah. Let him that thinketh he stand yeah. take heed yeah. lest he fall.
1: Amen. Now, the principle of this is this that as long as you're in a temporal realm, yeah. Yeah. you can fall.
3: Yeah. Amen. We
2: yeah.
1: when right. you repeat that is you. Faith is made, faith is for people in the temporal realm. So yes. They do not have faith that in heaven, we're not going to have faith. Right. Faith is for living in this temporal realm because in that temporal realm,
0: yeah. there's a danger of falling. Amen. Now, that, that seems like a gloomy thing. Like, oh, I've got all this opposition. Let, let him take, let him that thinks he Let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. What am I going to do? Right after that he says this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. See, you, you have to take advantage of this provision. To to escape, yes, the provision yes. is there, but you have to take advantage of it. Yes, yes brother Marty.
1: Even, even though you escape, mm-hmm. even though you trust the Lord with all of your heart, mm-hmm.
3: Jesus still has to keep you from falling. Amen. Yes, that's right. Amen. Having this says, having done all. Yes. Amen.
1: Even then, you need a
3: savior. Amen. You need an amen. Yes, Brother Mark. The, the the one saved always
5: saved is is actually the device of the evil one. Mm-hmm. When you think that way, it makes it easier for him to overtake mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, anything that puts us at ease in this life
0: is not a good thing. Amen. Thank God, it's not once lost, always lost. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. God for this um, this expression that we have, this ability, this discussion. This, yeah. See, this is where you, you can really see whether or not you understand it or not, right. is when we talk about it. Amen. So I, I praise God for this. Is this, right. this is a very Amen. wonderful gift God's given us. Amen.
0: Wonderful. Amen. I'm thankful for the leading of the Holy Spirit because... A lot of what I said in this sermon wasn't written in my notes. <laughs> it just kind of came out. It Amen. slipped. You know, the pe- people in the world, they'll slip, and they'll say a profanity or something. They'll, oh, sorry, it slipped. You know, But we have the reverse effect. When your heart is full of abundance, sometimes things slip. So. Yeah, a lot of times you
1: will say more than you're talking. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. That's because Christ is ministering to the speaker or preacher, he's ministered to him all he preached. So yes, amen. Elum-
0: amen. Amen. Sister Tanya has our song for the Lord's Table meditation and our blessed brother David yes. has our yes. has the Lord's Supper meditation today. Amen. Thank you, brother.